This week marks Palm Sunday. And this is one of those stories that so often can be glossed over in the church calendar. Um, while we celebrate it, it's one of those that we've heard so many times, so it becomes more of a time for us to have the babies come and wave the palm branches, or it becomes one of those stories that we just kind of gloss over because we're ready to get to Easter. And so we go, yeah, that happened. Now let's hurry up and get where we need to go. But let's hear with fresh ears Luke 19, beginning in verse 28, where we hear these words. That after Jesus said this, he continued on ahead going to Jerusalem. And as Jesus came to Bethpage in Bethany on the Mount of Olives, he gave two of his disciples a task. He said, go into the village over there. And when you enter it, you will find tied up a colt that no one has ever ridden. Untie it, bring it here. If someone asks, why are you untying it? Just say, the master needs it. Those who had been sent found it exactly as he had said. And as they were untying the colt, its owner came out and said, what are you doing? And they replied, the master needs it. And they brought it to Jesus. They threw their cloths on the, on the colt and lifted Jesus onto it. And as Jesus rode along, they spread their clothes on the road. As Jesus approached the road leading down from the Mount of Olives, the whole throng of his disciples began rejoicing. They praised God with a loud voice because of all the mighty things they had seen. And they said, Blessings on the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest heavens. And some of the Pharisees, though, some of these Pharisees that were in the crowd said to Jesus, Teacher, scold your disciples. Tell them to stop. He answered, I tell you, if they were silent, the stones would cry out. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. I can recall growing up that there were many times where I was faced with a particular dilemma. The dilemma would go something like this. Mom or dad would ask me a question. And knowing I had done something wrong, whether it was who had broken this, who ate this, who left this done, done or undone, knowing the truth, I had the option. Do I tell the truth? Or do I say what would benefit me in the moment? And many times in my life, I found myself erring on the side of what would benefit me in the moment. In our scripture today, this is a story, though thousands of years old, is one that is still happening each and every day. It's a story of allegiance and obedience, a story of hope and trust, a story asking, will we be silenced or are we going to proclaim the truth? While we have the advantage of 2,000 years of hindsight, and it's easy to judge the persons and stories from scriptures from a distance, are we any different from them? The disciples that we hear about in our scripture had pledged their allegiance to Jesus. 
They, they didn't necessarily ask questions except for what should we say if someone is to ask. But they, Jesus said, go get a horse. And they said, absolutely, whatever you need, Jesus. They, they said, even when they were there and the owner came out and they said, the master needs it. Even that disciple said, okay, yes, absolutely, take it, use it. They put Jesus on this horse. Um, even amidst a probable political, social, or even professional repercussions, they choose to cry out and to praise Him for all that He has done. You see, they, they are there knowing that proclaiming Him as Lord and Savior and King is in direct opposition to Caesar and that this could come back on them. And probably would. But they choose to proclaim the truth. And as, the G, as Jesus receives this praise, uh, as he's getting ready to go into the city, it, it is the fulfillment of a prophecy that we hear in Zechariah chapter 9, verse 9, where it says, Rejoice greatly, O daughter Zion! Shout aloud, O daughter Jerusalem! Lo, your king comes to you, triumphant and victorious is he, humble and riding on a donkey, on a colt, and the foal of a donkey. This is that proclamation. This is Jesus fulfilling the prophecy that he is who they proclaim him to be. The royal implications of this entry on a cult are clear. As we hear the words of the multitude of disciples who praise God and praise Christ for the deeds of power that they have seen, blessing is the, is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. They're proclaiming, blessed is Jesus Christ, because they are saying he is the king that the prophecies have foretold of. And as the multitudes continue to proclaim peace in heaven and glory in the highest heaven, it is an echo of the song of the multitude of angels that we hear at the, birth, at the announcement of the birth of Jesus Christ in Luke chapter 2. The multitudes of the disciples, much like the multitude of angels, recognize who Jesus is. Jesus is the Messiah, the Christ. The king, the one who is to come, and the one who is here. And they choose to proclaim this. Amidst the fear of what may befall them if they do so. And as they proclaim of who Jesus is and, and what he has done and what is, what is happening... There are, as we hear, even in the crowds, some of those Pharisees that asked Jesus to get his disciples under control, to quiet them out of fear of what may happen. The Pharisees want to silence the people from, from rocking the boat. They're like, hey, we want, we, want to kind of, we want to be a part of this, but we don't want to be persecuted. We don't want to be cast out. We don't want to be ostracized. So, can we just shh, quiet down a little bit? It's kind of like growing up when uh, me and my brother would get do something and we knew it was wrong and if I had said something about it sometimes or if he'd said something about it we'd go, shh, shh, you don't want mom and dad to hear. And that's ultimately what the Pharisees are saying is, shh, guys, we don't want Caesar to hear. We don't want the Roman authority to hear. The disciples were making noise. 
They were rocking the boat. They were upsetting the status quo. They were challenging what persons thought they knew. As many of them said, Caesar is the one true king. He is the son of God. He is the one that we are to honor and serve. And the disciples are going, no, you've missed the point. They're challenging what people thought they knew. What people believed to be true even. They're challenging what had been done in the past. They're proclaiming a new way. I love the fact that it states in our text that this cult had never been written. So this is literally a brand new way. This cult had never been, this is something that had never been done before. So as disciples, are we doing this? Are we proclaiming a new way, a way to ca- that's counterintuitive to the ways of the world? Are we proclaiming Jesus as Lord and King of our lives? Are we saying, I will honor and serve and glorify you, Jesus, in all I say and do? In the ways that we go about and do our lives? Or... Do we find ourselves like the Pharisees going, because I think for many of us, we find ourselves in these seasons of Easter or of Christmas or even when seasons are going good and we're proclaiming, yes, God, you are so good. You are magnificent. You are the one. You are the son of God. You are king, Lord of my life. But as our lives go on, we find ourselves shifting, hedging our bets, if you will. Going, this isn't what I thought it was. This isn't what I wanted. I, you know, I know what this Jesus guy is saying, but I, I think I've got a better idea as to how we can go about this. I want it my way. I want it to happen this way. You see, for many of us, we find ourselves like the crowd proclaiming, and then when things start to kind of go, uh, when people start to question, when it's people that we respect, or when it starts to uh, even interfere with our own personal lives, we kind of become like the Pharisees, and we go, shh, shh. But it doesn't even stop there, because we so deeply desire comfort in our own position and our own desires that we go even throughout the week of Holy Week and we find ourselves that these same crowds, the ones proclaiming, great is He, holy is the Lord, those that that wish and, and proclaim Him to be the one that is to come, they later find themselves crying out something different because the cries of proclamation of Jesus is Christ and Lord become proclamations of crucify him. Crucify his way because I want my own. My kingdom will reign. This isn't what I signed up for. And I think throughout our own, as we go throughout the Holy Week, we see our own spiritual journey where we find ourselves entering into the relationship with Christ, proclaiming, you are God, you are good, you are holy. And then sometimes we find ourselves in those situations of life where it may not be the popular thing to do. And so we go, shh, I'm just going to keep it a little bit quiet. 
And then as life continues to come, and sometimes we find ourselves going, this isn't what I signed up for. This isn't as easy as I hoped and desired. This isn't what I want. I have my own desires. I want to serve myself. I want to benefit myself. And so we find ourselves giving away the truth to, to appease our own wants and desires and our cries of glorify him turn to a cry of crucify. Crucify him, crucify his way and his kingdom so that I may sit on the throne of my life. I may have my way and I may bring about my own kingdom. So the question still remains. Are we going to proclaim? And what are we going to proclaim in our life, in our word, with our words and with our deeds? Or are we going to be silenced? Better yet, are we even living a life that others that are against Jesus Christ would want to silence? How quickly does our faith falter when God does not deliver what we are expecting. How quickly does our discipleship falter when we realize that the great, the great cost and risk of following Jesus? How often do our self-serving instincts lead us to deny Jesus and his claim on our lives? So we hear in our scriptures that there are those that wish to quiet the, the crowds, but in the end we hear that they will not be silenced. Jesus brushes aside the warnings of the Pharisees, saying, I tell you, if they were silent, the stones would cry out. Jesus knows full well the opposition that we'll be facing, we are facing daily. But he will not be deterred from his mission. Nor should we. And the disciples stand with and for him. This is not to say stand and be loud for the sake of being loud, but it is to say that if no one hears our churches, our preaching, our services, our, our love, what's the point? If we find ourselves you know, coming to church on Sunday morning, sitting in a congregation, and then going out and being silenced by the world, by self, what's the point? Are we going to be silenced? Or are we going to be the disciples that cry out and proclaim something different, something otherworldly, that proclaim, Hosanna in the highest, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, Jesus Christ is my Lord and King. As we go throughout this Holy Week, let our proclamation ever be, Jesus is my Lord and Savior, King of all. Let us not lose sight. Let us not lose heart. Let our proclamation not change. Amen and amen.